Let's uh, pray whether you're here or online at home in your air conditioning and your comfy couch. Let's pray, ask God to speak to us and listen to his voice today. I'm going to just give you a couple things to pray and then and then we'll all pray together, but maybe just start and ask God. I mean, we're all here and it's, you know, it's hot. If you're at home, it can be distracting kind of just being at home. Maybe you got the dishwasher running or kids running all over the place. Whatever it is, we kind of probably all have some sort of distraction. So maybe just start in your prayer and ask God to help you with your distraction. And then tell God that you express your desire to him. Tell him that you want to hear from him today. Tell him that you, that your heart is open to him and you want to receive from him. Father, we thank you for this time. And though it's hot or though we're at home and not able to be with people, whatever it might be that kind of distracts us or uh, pulls us away from being fully present, we ask that you would eliminate those things and allow us to receive your word today. God, we know that you want to speak to us. Don't believe it's an accident that you brought anybody here that is here, anybody that's listening. God, you desire to speak into our lives. And so we pray that you would do that. God, we have concerns in our life that, that you know about, things where we need your goodness, where we need your voice. And so we want you, God, to speak to us. Lord, there's things in our world that we need you for. Even think about things recently in the news with explosions in Beirut. And God, we pray specifically for City Bible Church that our church has been able to support as they do ministry there and as their church has been affected by this. We ask that you would allow them to have wisdom in bringing your goodness and your grace to the people in their community. Lord, we, we have many things that are on our hearts and we just know that this time belongs to you and we want you to change us. And so we pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen. Well, we have started a new series in Proverbs that we started last week and we continue this week. Last week, we really looked at the heart of wisdom and what we need to know that's just foundational to wisdom, that the fear of the Lord or the knowledge of God, the, the worship of God is the beginning of wisdom. Uh, today, we begin to get in some of the practical different things that Proverbs touches on, some of the wisdom that it speaks to in different areas and different relationships in our lives. And the way, just so you know, the way Proverbs is structured, it's not like uh, a lot of the books of the Bible where it kind of makes sense to go chapter by chapter. Proverbs, a lot of collections are just kind of thrown together of different sayings. And so we'll be looking at each of the different kind of principles that we will look at through our times in Proverbs, but we'll be looking, bouncing around at the different Proverbs that speak to each of these principles or each of these topics. And today we're talking about words. And words are a, a big part of our life. Uh, listening to words, speaking words, 
We have planned words where we think about what it is that we're going to say. We have most of our life is just spontaneous words where we are speaking things that that come out. Uh, There's good words that we speak and there's bad words uh, that we speak. We can say, I love you to someone and we can say, I hate you to someone. We can say thank you to someone and we can complain to someone. Our life is really filled with words and we speak to ourselves and we speak to people that we love and we speak to strangers and people on the phone and we have Zoom meetings and we have text conversations and we have written conversations and we have emails and we write notes to people, but our our life is filled with words. And words cause a lot of the good in our life and a lot of the trouble in our life. Words have caused a lot of the good things in your life. Maybe you spoke the words, will you marry me? And that created some good things in your life. Maybe you have spoken hurtful words to somebody and that has ended a relationship. Maybe you have put your foot in your mouth, as we say, and gone, ah, I wish I could take that back. Maybe you wrote a a message to somebody and accidentally sent it. Maybe you uh, wish you could take certain things back. Words have caused a lot of good and a lot of hurt in our life. In Proverbs, speaks about our communication. It speaks about our words really more than it speaks on any other subject outside of just wisdom in general. It speaks a lot about our communication. And if we want to have a life of wisdom, if you want to have a life of wisdom, which I hope you all do, I I know I I do, if if you want to have a life of wisdom, we have to have words of wisdom. And so how do we get words of wisdom? How can we get help with our words. A lot of times we want help. I don't know what kind of help it is that you want with your words. Maybe you want help to stop speaking in a certain way, or maybe you want help to start speaking in a certain way, or maybe you don't even think about it like that. Maybe you just think about certain uh, relationships, whether that's work or marriage or even with your kids, and think about, man, there's, we've got communication issues, right? That's what people say often. So how can we get help with our communication? And so we're going to look at really the power that words have and what kind of words we need and how we get those, okay? So first is this. Why is it that words matter? Why do they matter? Why is it that we often think about words? uh, why, Why is it that words are so powerful? And truthfully, often we overlook the power that words have. If you were a kid, you've heard the phrase, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. That's the dumbest saying that anyone ever came up with, right? That's, I mean, it's, it's very foolish because most of us have been hurt deeply by words. And I know the sentiment. It's supposed to say that, you know, you, you can't hurt me with what you're saying and I'm able to kind of withstand that. But truthfully, probably a lot of the deepest pain in your life has come from words. I know that's true for me. I have never been hit with sticks and stones, but I have been hit with words and those have hurt. Words are powerful. And yet a lot of times we overlook that. We have sayings like sticks and stones, or a lot of times even when I talk to people, they will say something. Maybe someone has said something. Maybe it's a parent or a friend, or someone has said something hurtful to them. And they will say something like, I know that shouldn't affect me. I know that that shouldn't affect me. I know what people say shouldn't matter to me. And again, there's some truth to that. But what kind of human being would you be if people's words didn't affect you at all? You would be a psychopath, literally, that is not influenced at all by people's emotions towards you. Words have power. 
Proverbs says this, Proverbs 18.21 says, death and life are in the power of the tongue and those who love it will eat its fruit. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. That's, that's very far from sticks and stones. That's very far from, I know that shouldn't affect me. That's very far from, ah, you know, I was just joking or it was just sarcastic comment. That's very far from that. Proverbs says, death and life are in the power of the tongue. That, that really is the big idea for today, that if, if you leave remembering any verse, I hope that you leave remembering that that our tongues have the power. And this is really, if we were to say, what is the principle for living here? Our series here is called Principles for Living. The principle for living is that death and life are in the power of your tongue. This little thing has the power of death and the power of life in it. That is the big idea. I mean, if you just think about your, your life, you've probably been hurt deeply by words and you've probably been helped by words. There's probably words that have been spoken to you that have given you life and words that have been spoken to you that harmed you deeply. And and part of why that's true, part part of why words are so powerful, Proverbs gives us some insight, at least, I mean, there's a lot of things we could say, but there's at least two things I want you to see of why words are so powerful about why it is that they bring life and death into us. Proverbs tells us two different things. One, it says that words get inside of us. That words don't just, uh, you know, there's another kid saying that, uh, if, see if I can remember it right, I haven't used it uh, in a while. Um, I'm rubber and you're glue. Whatever you say to me bounces off me and sticks to you. For the kid, children here, you can use that on your siblings, which is supposed to say it, do, it doesn't affect me, it just bounces off me and then, it, and then it gets you, you know. But if that was true, then it would bounce off them and we'd be stuck in an infinite loop of rubber and glue. But Here's what Proverbs says. Proverbs 12, 18 says, There is one who speaks rashly like a piercing sword. The tongue of the wise brings healing. But the point of that is our words can be like a sword, which is to say it gets inside of us. Someone's words pierce inside of us. Or Proverbs says this in 1530, it says, Bright eyes cheer the heart, good news strengthens the bones. Again, internally, and I could keep listing off many of the different verses, but to say that our words can strengthen the bones is to say that words can change you inside. Our words have internal power. Proverbs says, life and death is in the power of the tongue. One of the reasons for that is words enter inside of you. They don't just kind of stay on the outside. You see, if somebody hits you, that actually can stay on the outside and then it fades away. Word, and I'm not obviously condoning physical violence, but words enter into our souls. Words enter into our hearts. That's why they're so powerful for good and for bad. To look at someone in the eyes and say, I despise you, may have more damaging power than something that, than a stick thrown at them. To look in someone's eyes and tell them, I love you from the bottom of my heart may have the power to heal more than medicine often does. They affect our soul. Some of you even think about this. Sometimes uh, this is true in our lives that we talk about, I hear someone's voice in my head. And I'm not talking about um, a kind of mental 
um, issue, a, a mental disability that you may have, but I'm talking about saying, man, I still hear my dad's voice in my head, or I still hear uh, for negative or positive, or I still hear what my mom said to me, or I still remember, and, and we use those phrases to say it's kind of still living inside of me, or even if just you had a conversation that was rough and you play the conversation over and over again in your mind, it's because words live inside of us. That's the first thing of why they are so powerful. The second reason is because they set a course for our life. Because they get inside of us, they also set a course. It doesn't just stop in a moment. The words spoken in a moment often set a trajectory for our lives. Proverbs says it this way in Proverbs 16, 27 and 28. Speaking negatively, it says a worthless person digs up evil and his speech is like a scorching fire. Think about it spreading. His speech is like a scorching fire. A contrary person spreads conflict and a gossip separates close friends that the words spoken have, they continue to move, whether that's with gossip and it begins to spread or with conflict and it begins to spread. Like a fire, our words spread. They set a trajectory. They set a course. You might be able to look at some things in your life and, and trace it back to negative words that were spoken, whether that was gossip or slander or hurtful words Many people are in therapy and counseling today because of words spoken to them when they were a child. And for positive, Proverbs 12, 14 says, a person will be satisfied with good by the fruit of his mouth and the work of a person's hands will reward him. And so it's comparing the work of our hands, which spreads also to the words of our mouth, which is like fruit. It produces something. It continues. Words are powerful. That's what Proverbs want us, Proverbs wants us to understand. If you want to have words of wisdom, you first got to get this, that words are powerful because they enter inside and they set a course. They set a trajectory. They, here's another way we could even just think about this. Words change reality. Words change reality reality. And I'm not saying there's kind of some popular new age idea that if you speak it into the world, it, it manifests. That's not what I'm saying. But words change reality. If I speak something, the relationship becomes different. If I speak something, I might get the job, I might not get the job. If you speak, reality changes for death or for life. Words are powerful, so they deeply matter. And, and listen, let me just make sure I make the point on this. That doesn't mean speeches. I'm, I'm using words right now, but that's not when Proverbs is speaking. It's not, Proverbs isn't a book written to public speakers. Proverbs is written to all of us to say that our everyday communication matters. The communication that happens on the car ride over here, the texts that you send, the emails that you send, the normal everyday marriage friendship, roommate, work, chat at the water cooler. I don't even know if there are water coolers anymore with corona, but the normal everyday chat of conversation creates the trajectory, the tone, the health, the life, or the death of your relationships. Normal everyday stuff, okay? Words matter. They're powerful. Second is this. What should our words be like? What kind of words then bring life? If words are powerful and they can bring life or death, what kind of words? 
What kind of words bring life and death? What should our words be like? And Proverbs gives us at least five categories throughout the book that we will look at here. Here's what our words should be like. And, and as we go through these, I want you to think about, I mean, not necessarily like a quiz to like rank yourself, you know, one to 10, but, but think about maybe some of these you go, oh, okay, yeah, that, my words are like that. And some of them you say, okay, I need to, if I'm going to grow in wisdom, my, my speech needs to change in this category. So the first is very simple. Maybe, um, maybe it wouldn't even need to be said, but Proverbs actually speaks much about it, is honest. Our words must be truthful. Proverbs 12.22 says, Lying lips are detestable to the Lord, but faithful people are his delight. Proverbs 12.19 says, Truthful lips endure forever, but a lying tongue only a moment. God calls us to be honest in our communication, which I think most people, I mean, that's, that's on anyone's lists. If you were to say, hey, list out perhaps 10 commands that would be good things to follow, almost everyone is going to say, oh, you know, you shouldn't lie. You should be honest. And yet, if we think about it, a lot of our speech is, is actually dishonest in various ways. We exaggerate certain things. We hold back some information. We paint the truth a little bit better than it is to make ourselves look a little bit better. And in a moment, it feels good, is what Proverbs says. In a moment, a lying tongue lasts for a moment. It helps for a moment. It works for a moment. It's good for a moment. It, it opens a door for you in a moment. It gets you a second date for a moment. And yet, a truthful tongue endures forever. And part of what, part of what Proverbs is, is wanting us to understand is this. When we lie, when we deceive, when we are dishonest, we are not actually living we're not actually living in reality. And so it destroys relationships because we're not actually able to share with someone who we really are, what our thoughts really are, what our heart really is. We're living on, on a different reality. We're creating a false reality and saying, I want you to relate to me based on this. And you can never have real community or real intimacy when that's the case. This is why in almost every romantic comedy, there's some lie that's told. And then the end of it, there has to be a resolution if they're ever to get back together. Because dishonesty breaks relationship. Dishonesty works for a moment, but ultimately you're inviting people to relate to you based on a lie. Second, our words should be controlled. Sometimes, well, actually, let me read, let me read these here. Sometimes... Proverbs uh, 17 says this, 1727, the one who has knowledge restrains his words. So the one who is wise, the one who has knowledge restrains his words. And one who keeps a cool head is a person of understanding. Even a fool is considered wise when he keeps silent. Maybe you think you're really dumb. People might think you're wise if you just don't talk. You're like, man, a lot of times we even sort of have this kind of mythos about the, the wise, silent person. You know, there's even people that say, man, the smartest person in the room is usually the one that's not talking that much. Maybe, maybe they just read Proverbs and they're really stupid. And they just say, I better not talk. People will go, he's really thinking about stuff deeply. Maybe even a fool is considered wise when he keeps silent, discerning when he seals his lips. Are you thinking deeply about this? No, I just have no idea what you're saying. And I just don't understand. 
That proverb says, knowledge restrains your words. 1528 says, the mind of the righteous person thinks before answering, but the mouth of the wicked blurts out evil things. 1019, when there are many words, sin is unavoidable, but the one who controls his lips is prudent. Now, this is what I was going to say before, is that a lot of times we, we kind of have some of these ideas where we say things like, I'm just being honest. Hey, I'm just, I'm just speaking my mind. I, I'm just, I'm just kind of, I, I, I just am, I'm just keeping it real. And what we mean by that is I'm allowed to say whatever I want because I'm being true and authentic to what's on my heart and mind. Proverbs says that's foolish. Proverbs says that wisdom controls the tongue. That wisdom thinks before answering. That wisdom listens before speaking. So many of our problems actually come because we talk and are wanting to give an answer and wanting to say something and wanting, and we feel like, okay, I, I need to say something about this. But wisdom thinks before speaking. Wisdom is able to actually say, I really want to say this right now, and I'm actually going to hold it back. That's not dishonesty. It's wisdom. Wisdom says, I know that love often lessens my speaking. I mean, think, think about, I mean, this is a scary verse for someone that preaches for a living. Where there's many words, sin is unavoidable. I mean, the more you talk, the more that you're able to get yourself into trouble. The more you speak, the more that can go wrong. And to be able to say, I'm going to listen more instead of speak more. I'm going to think and process instead of just be quick to react. That's wisdom. A tongue that is controlled. And third, so honest, controlled, gentle. Gentle. Proverbs says, 25.15, A ruler can be persuaded through patience, and a gentle tongue can break a bone. Proverbs 15, 1, a gentle answer turns away anger, but a harsh word stirs up wrath. Gentleness means that our heart and our desire is not to put someone in their place. Both of these words that speak about gentleness, it's someone you're trying to persuade. It's someone you're trying to get on your side. It's someone that there might be some sort of uh, inclination or temptation towards anger and toward harshness, but instead it's saying, be gentle. And gentleness is, if you think about, even if you've ever had a package or uh, maybe you've tried to instruct someone to say, hey, can you be gentle with this? If you've got a newborn baby, you don't take that baby and just kind of flop it around and you're, you're gentle with it. You hold the head, make sure the neck's in the right position. You don't just kind of flip it around and not pay attention. You're gentle with it because it's fragile. And so are people. And I don't mean that in the sense to say, you know, that we have to walk on eggshells, but it means to say if someone is valuable, if someone is important, if someone matters to us, then even if we are trying to persuade them, if we're in an argument, if we're in a discussion, we want to be as kind as possible, to make something as easy as possible. That our motivation is not, I'm trying to show that you're wrong. I'm trying to put you in your place. I, not even, I'm trying to just speak my truth. But rather, I'm trying to care for you. That's what gentleness is. 
Fourth, our words need to be healing words. Proverbs 12, 18. There is one who speaks rashly. We looked at this one, but I just want to show you the other part of this. There's one who speaks rashly like a piercing sword, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. 15.4, the tongue that heals is a tree of life, but a devious tongue breaks the spirit. And 12.25, anxiety in a person's heart weighs it down, but a good word cheers it up. 10.21, the lips of the righteous feed many, but fools die for lack of sense. Proverbs says that we can use our tongue to heal other people, to feed other people, to bless other people. That is true of your tongue. Maybe you are not a liar. Maybe you're very truthful. Maybe you're very gentle in the way that you speak. Maybe you are very controlled in what you speak. But maybe for some of us, our sin with words is not so much what we do, but it's what we don't do. It's sins of omission rather than sins of commission. It's things that we have held back. If God says in your tongue is the power to heal, others. And we say, yeah, I don't, I don't really want to use it for that. If God says in your tongue is the power to feed others, it's the power to, it's the power to bring joy and cheer into people's lives. Your tongue has the power to bring life to people. And you say, I don't really know what to say. And you know, I, I, I'm not an expert at this. And I don't, I don't know. I, I don't feel like it would change anything. Our words have the power to heal. And if that's true, if we take Proverbs seriously, that our words can heal people, then how foolish would it be not to use them for that sake? How foolish would it be? How selfish would it be to hold back? See, Proverbs doesn't just want you to avoid the power of death with your words. Many of us, especially if you have grown up as a Christian, you might have learned that your tongue can cause great damage. And so you should control your tongue and, and you know, loose lips sink ships and all that kind of stuff. And you, you really think about the negative stuff you're not supposed to do. But Proverbs also is saying your words can bring life to people. Your words have the power to heal people. If that's true, then we must use them. And God intends for us to use our words. Maybe you just need to ask this question. Are you using your words? to bring life? Are you using your words right now to heal people? Are you using your words to build people, to encourage people? Are you using your words to bring healing into people's lives? Whether that's texts or letters that are written, a handwritten letter can be one of the most powerful things, but so can emails and texts and in-person encouragement and all sorts of things. And then finally, Proverbs says that our words should be fitting, that we use them at the right time and with the right people. Proverbs 10.32 says, the lips of the righteous know what is appropriate, but the mouth of the wicked only what is perverse. You know when it is appropriate to speak, what is appropriate to speak. 27.14, I love this. If one blesses his neighbor with a loud voice early in the morning, it will be counted as a curse to him. See, I mean, to bless your neighbor is a good thing, but not early in the morning. 
none of your roommates, your spouse, if you say, wake up, God loves you, they're going to say, I hate you, and I hope God loves you because I do not. That's what's going to happen. That's using your words at the appropriate time. 2511, a word spoken at the right time is like gold apples in silver settings. You know how those gold apples and silver settings are, right? That's what a right word spoken at the right time is. It's like jewelry. It's beautiful. See, we need to think about our words when we speak them. It's not always the right time to say something. There's appropriate occasions to say something. It's not always the right timing. You see, wisdom says, is it the right time to say this? Is it the right time to bring this up? Is it the right time when someone's tired and hungry or right before we go to bed? Is it the right time to tell somebody that's suffering, hey, it's fine, God's going to work it all out. Is that the right time? Or is it the right time to comfort? Is it the right time to come up with solutions? Or is it the right time to empathize? We think about the right time and that wisdom says it fits the person. Our words fit the occasion and they fit the person. And here's what that means. Sometimes we say something like this. That's just not how I communicate. Sometimes this is between men and women that are married, might say, you know, I didn't grow up like that. I don't really share my emotions. I kind of show my love. Or, and it's really saying, this is how I communicate and you need to adapt to me. But words that are fitting, words that are spoken in the appropriate time, in the appropriate way, say, I'm going to try to think about you and how I can love you and how I can serve you. I'm going to think about how my communication can be appropriate to you. And we adapt to serve, to love. God wants this kind of community for us, and he wants to invite us into this kind of speaking. Community that speaks honestly, controlled, gentle, healing words, fitting words. I mean, if that described all of our communication, that would be beautiful, right? but that's hard. Which brings us to the final thing that Proverbs gives to us, which is where do these words of life come from? How can our communication be life-giving in this way? And here's, here's the big idea with this. Often, little change comes in our communication because we work on our communication. Little change comes from our words and the way we speak because we focus on our words and the way we speak. We say things like, I need to hold my tongue. We say things like, I need to work on my communication issues. But really, all of our communication comes from our heart. And so instead of working on our words, instead of working on our tongues, instead of working on holding your tongue, you need to work on what is it that's leading me to want to speak. Instead of working on yelling or your tone or the communication issues up here, you have to work on where all that is springing from to begin with. This is what Jesus says when he says, out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. And Proverbs says it like this. It says, the heart of a wise person in 1623, the heart of a wise person instructs his mouth. It adds learning to his speech. And in 1011, it says, the mouth of the righteous is a fountain of life, but the mouth of the wicked conceals violence. The mouth of the righteous, which means a certain kind of person, their character, who they are, 
See, it comes from our hearts. If you want your speech to change, if you want your words to change, if you want your communication issues to change, if you want to work on all the things that we just talked about, whether it's honesty or control or gentleness or being a person that speaks healing into other people's lives, if we want that, that comes from a different heart. And the way that our hearts are affected is through Jesus, of course. Jesus is called the word of life. Proverbs says that wisdom speaks words of life. Jesus in the New Testament is called the word of life. He is called the word of God, that the word of God became flesh. Hebrews says that God spoke in many different times and in many different ways, but he has now spoken in his son, Jesus. John refers to him as the word of life that we touched and saw and heard. See, if we want our words to be words of life, that comes as our hearts are affected by the word of life, which means this. We listen to Jesus speaking to us. Everything that God wants to say to you, he has said to you in Jesus. In Jesus, he has said, I forgive you. In Jesus, he has said, I love you. In Jesus, he has said, you are mine. In Jesus, he has said, I will always be with you. In Jesus, he has said, I am a savior that delivers. In Jesus, he has said, I am a faithful God that you can count on. In Jesus, he has said, I am compassionate and patient with sinners and those that are ignorant. Jesus, he has said, there is hope for this world. In Jesus, he has said that God listens to you. See, as we listen to the word of life, Jesus himself, and as he is revealed in the word, our hearts begin to change to then speak words of life. You want, you want to speak words of life? You want to work on your communication issues? You want to grow in being wise with your tongue, both stopping certain things and starting certain things? The way that happens is as we let his words get into our hearts. So here's, here's where we go from here. Maybe this means to confess. Maybe it means to confess to God and say, God, I haven't used my words in the way I should. I haven't been gentle or I haven't been controlled or I haven't been honest or I haven't spoke fitting words. Maybe it means to confess. And then maybe it means to, to commit your tongue to him. What if each of us said, God, this tongue belongs to you. My words belong to you. I want to be an agent of your healing to those around me. We're gonna take communion. And when we take communion, we remember that God came to this world in Jesus, that our sins and our speech sins were forgiven by him, that he died on the cross to forgive our sins. His blood was shed, his body was broken to bring us life. And even on the cross, he spoke words of life. He said, Father, forgive them. They do not know what they do. And on the cross, he spoke, it is finished, which is to say all of the payment of our sin is completed. All of God's saving work on the cross finished for you and for me. So I want you to just take a couple minutes and, and pray to God. Use this time to take communion, pray, to confess our speech sins, to commit our tongues to him, to ask him to think about how can my words bring words of life to those around me. And then maybe for some of you, it means to take a next step. Maybe your next step of obedience to giving your speech and your words to God is actually to say, what does it look like for me to join a community group so I can speak to others? 
What does it look like to serve as a part of a church that seeks to speak God's word to others or to give or whatever that next step might be? And for those of you that need to take a next step, you can do that online or you can go to our website, our next steps page. But just use this time and respond to God's word to us.